Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hour number three of the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Anatula. Ross Lebinski holding it down for you here on your Turn It On, Leave It On stage. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. Which two and two teams in the National Football League are pretenders or contenders? We'll have that fun conversation here in just a moment on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Editula if you want to get at us on Twitter as the Texas Rangers handle business today. Get the game one win of their wild card series against the Tampa Bay Rays for nothing. Jordan Montgomery, seven shutout innings for the good guys. They look for the sweep tomorrow when they send Nathan Evaldi to the mound for the Texas Rangers. Uh, Pre-game begins at 1.30 uh, with first pitch at 2.08 tomorrow with the Hall of Famer Eric Nadell, Matt Hicks, and my guy, your guy, our favorite guy, Texas Rangers insider and play-by-play man Jared Sandler. Live from St. Pete. So you're you're getting getting all the information live from Mm -hmm. the ground. Right here on your home of the Rangers, 105 through the fan. Uh, we'll see if there's a little bit more of a crowd tomorrow as there was only uh, a little over 19,000 individuals that showed up at the <laughs> at the trot today. Apparently the worst postseason attendance for a postseason game in over 100 years. Wait, excuse me? Uh, since 1919. Wait, since, since like the Black Sox? Exactly that. <laughs> that's, wow. Wow. Yeah, man. It's uh, That's some nasty work by the Tampa Bay Ray fans. Let's see here. Yeah. Uh, carry the one and the nine. Yeah, 104 years. Yeah, 104 years. I'm going to carry the nine. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, man. So oh boy. there's that. So we'll see. What and they, they just got done the idea of trying to get a new stadium, didn't they? Yeah, uh, they did get it approved, I believe. Yeah, I think it said 2028, if I'm not mistaken, was yeah. when they were aiming to open it. Five years. And I know the location of the stadium. I don't know exactly the area where the stadium is. I know it's a bad location, but like I kind of wondered. I was like, A, the start time wasn't great. So most people are going to be, you know, at working. work. Yeah. And I mean, short notice. <laughs> I don't know if you could have just. Exactly. Like, because yeah. I don't think the times were announced until Saturday, maybe Sunday. So just like you were saying, but yeah, I kind of wondered him. I was like, is this maybe like a fan protest? Like, oh, we don't want to have to be on the. It's a on hell the of a time to protest. Yeah, I was like, baseball if, if they were protesting, they've been doing it for a while. Um, <laughs> Good call. Uh, by the way, I, the one thing I do know about that stadium is not in Tampa. What's St. Petersburg? Yeah, it's in St. Petersburg. They probably should like. Go to Tampa where, you know, the Bucks and the Lightning, you know, and it, like where teams actually are 
They probably should move there, but they're like, no. Well, I mean, it's 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 a it's a general area. Those are two very close cities. I mean, not too not unlike uh, the Dallas Fort Worth metroplex. Yeah, I think more than anything, it, I I honestly don't think it's as much about the particular location of the stadium. Even though I'm sure there are better or worse locations, it really just feels like an indictment of the organization and the way that people in that area feel about them. Which is weird because they've found a way to, even though relatively cheaply, fairly consistently compete of late. Well, let's see if the Rangers can sweep them out of the playoffs tomorrow. Yeah, so they don't have to worry about. <laughs> so they don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Don't have to worry about that. Uh, the Shine 9 on NFL.com. NFL contenders or pretenders are these two and two teams either pretending or contending in the National Football League as we are. Now a little over a month into the NFL season, and we're starting to get a better idea of what some of these teams are starting to look like. And let's go through some of these teams. I find the list rather interesting in who some of these two and two teams uh, are, given some of the expectations for a few of these teams. And real quick, before we get into the two and twos, because mm-hmm. because we are using two and two, we are excluding a one and three, the Cincinnati Bengals. Woo! Right. Like, Wow. Well, how did we get here? They're in deep trouble. Oh, boy. They're in deep trouble. Anyways. Uh, but let's start with a real surprise that's a 2-2 two and two team right now. And we'll start with the contenders list that uh, Adam Shine has. And I don't know if I'm necessarily there yet on this first one. But you called them the Baby Niners uh, yesterday. Brother. Uh, that would be the Houston Texans right now who are 2-2. Two and two. And D'Amico Ryan's putting together a nice program so far through the first uh, 100%. Few weeks of the season. This is tough because we have the binary of contender or pretender, but if I'm able to kind of fudge this and like contender to win their division, I'll put the I'll put the Texans up there, man. Like they've got a nice little wide receiving core. Nico Collins apparently can, can hope. Uh I've been telling y'all about Tank Dell. You've been on that Tank Dell train for a while now. And obviously the biggest thing when it comes to their offense is CJ Stroud looks confident. He looks poised which is something that you don't typically see from a, a quarterback as a rookie. And he just looks comfortable, even though he's under pressure a decent amount because that offensive line has not been all that good. And you match that with D'Amico Ryans has taken whatever defensive talents that they have had on that team and molded them in together to have a really solid uh, defense, right? That's a defense that really does compete and get after you. In fact, Kenny Pickett was on his back a decent amount in that game against the Steel- or against the Texans with the Steelers. So. Got hurt. Like this is a team that's really interesting. I don't. I'm not bold enough to say that they're going to be like real life contenders in the NFL in a big way, particularly considering that the AFC is nice. But that's a team that could absolutely play in that AFC South for the championship, which I believe all of them are tied at two and two in that entire AFC South. So it's not like they're having to make up some ground. That's just kind of a nice team that they've got together there. I mean, I still feel like the London Jaguars will finish out the the winners of that division uh, in the AFC South. Uh, but at the same time, what they are building in Houston, they're doing it the right way. And D'Amico Ryans has the full confidence of that program uh, to be able to get that done there. Will Anderson has been really good. CJ Stroud, as we mentioned. Although, when you say he's been really good, he also, at the same time, has not been to the level where you feel like you trade and make sure that you get him at third overall. I think there's still time for that. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, he's been good. It's just like good enough to justify that. We'll see over time. Uh, speaking of the Steelers, they come in at number two for for Adam Shine here and his uh, contending two and two teams in the National Football League. 
Now, they're dealing with some injuries, though. Yes. Uh, we just mentioned the one with Kenny Pickett, who's got the, the bone bruise in uh, his knee that may have him out for the next, you know, couple of weeks there. And then there's the um, the bigger problem on the offense for them. Their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Stinks. <laughs> and he has. Like, this isn't a new phenomenon. He's not good at this. Most of the NFL thinkers around, you know, around this, this game look at that man and they go, why is he still here? Like, they're the fraud watch consistently. And yet, there he is as the offensive coordinator. Yep. And so, that is really concerning when you look at that team. And, I mean, you have a quarterback that's got a little bit of something interesting to him, but if you're making it difficult on him, I mean, I don't know what you expect. Uh, one thing they do have going for them, though, even with the injuries with Cam Hayward is on the IR, that defense is stout. TJ Watt, with all due respect right now, I know, Mike, I said, uh, what, about a week or so ago, week or two ago, that Micah Parsons was the best defensive player of the league. I still feel that way. But right now, you know who the defensive player of the year is right now? Oh, yeah, that's TJ Watt. TJ Watt on another level right now. And I hate to say that because TJ Watt is, should be a Dallas Cowboy, but we're not going to do that to ourselves. You uh, say that. And De- I just, defensively, they look like they're pretty middle of the pack when it comes to EPA per play. Well, I love the pass rush. That's what I'm more with Alex Highsmith and, and TJ Watt. I mean, you still got Megan Fitzpatrick in the back end there. You know, I think even Patrick Peterson to mess around and got an interception for at one point this year. Patrick Peterson, uh, still in the league. Still in the league. <laughs> still picking off passes at this point uh, in his career. But, yeah, for them to be 2-2 two and two with the questions on offense that they have specifically with their coordinator. Ooh. Um, other contenders real quick uh, before we get to some of the possible pretenders. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Okay, so are we all collectively now on the uh, Puka Nakua train? Is that where we are? Get on quick, just in case it don't last very long. <laughs> like, if like, let's I'd let, rather be late to this party than early on it. Absolutely and, not. I'm. I'd rather be early on it, enjoy it, and then eventually. Because this is the thing. I don't know that Puka Nakua is a world beater. Uh, Dominic Foxworth, former NFL player and current media member. Mm-hmm. Talks about how, like, when it comes to wide receivers, he prefers the ones that, like, a defense has the game plan for, the ones that can completely turn o- turn over what you're doing and change what you're doing as a defense. Puka Nakua doesn't fit into that profile. That's why I'd rather be late on this party versus early. Because if this thing goes south, okay, then this was just kind of a, a fling However, real quick. Puka Nakua is playing for a coach that likes getting those types of dudes open in the slot. Hello, Cooper Cup. And so, like, I do think that he's capable of doing these types of things for a relatively sustained level of time. I just don't know that he's going to be a game breaker that's going to change the way the defenses play. Yeah, and for uh, the forces, I'm not saying I don't like uh, Puka Nicole. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying, is this uh, a thing that's going to be sustained for quite a while, or am I looking at, you know, a potential flash in the pan? I mean, the you know, we'll see. Okay. Right now he's balling, right. though. Mm-hmm. Hooping. Uh, other... Two and two teams that are contenders, and I don't know if I feel good about this one at all. Cleveland, uh, no, oh, okay, the Los Angeles Chargers. <sighs> this team could easily be four and zero right now, but guess what? They, they could easily be. They, they, they could easily be zero and four. <laughs> so you're describing the Chargers? Like yep, I hate exactly. to keep doing it, yep. but damn it, man. Yep, ma'am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the talent in the world, but what do they do in Los Angeles? Then the cats stay hurt. Yeah, Eckler hadn't hardly played this year. And they're, they're Derwin start, James starting to get there. Yeah. yeah, Joey Bosa, Mike Williams already got a torn ACL done for the year. Khalil Mack hooping. 
That man's a mo- did he? How many sacks did he have? This Six. Oh my god. He had Colton Miller in hell <gasps> oh on my Sunday. God. That is the left tackle for the uh, Raiders, wherever city they play in Las Vegas. That's days. right. Yeah. Yeah. He they he was he was killing them so bad you didn't know where they was from. I, I didn't know if they wanted them to be from Las Vegas at that point. <laughs> the way that they were playing. Good gracious. But yeah, Khalil Mack was was on one. But yeah, that Raiders offensive line left a lot to be desired there. Uh, finally, Jacksonville comes in at number five. I don't know what to make of Jacksonville right now. Isn't that defense a little a little funny? Uh, it, again, what's your favorite term? Aggressively fine. Like, this is a, a team that's defined by, you know. Oh, no. Sorry, I got that the wrong way. The defense has actually been solid this year. It's been the offense that's been a little bit problematic. Yeah. Um, Trevor Lawrence, he hasn't taken the step into that top, what, Five, six quarterback range as yet that I think a lot of people thought he was going to take. And what do we talk about when we year? talk about those types of steps? Consistency. Yeah. But. Oh, well. I'm, I'm interested in seeing what Doug Marone and them kind of try and get together. Because you're a quarter of the way through the season. And when it comes to EPA per play, which is a metric that I love looking at. You, you mean Doug l- Peterson? Sorry, Doug Peterson. Did I say Doug Marone? Yeah, I about to say Doug <laughs> Because we, we said Marone, I was like, hey, man, when did that cat show up again? I was, I was a few years back. My Woo! bad, Doug Peterson. They don't like um, that man at all. They got him out of there. When you talk about <laughs> offensive EPA per play through the first four weeks, they are on par with the likes of the Chicago Bears, Ooh. the Carolina Panthers, uh, a little bit better than the Atlanta Falcons. So, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. That's nasty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the pretenders, though. Uh, for Adam Shine and the Point Shine them out. Nine. Point them out. Point them out. Uh, let's go from nine to uh, six here. Number nine, the fighting Eric enemies of the of Washington. Oh wow, he's calling them pretenders. Yeah, man. Oh no. Are you confident in Sam Howell? Um. Right. All right. There you go. He's got. He's got lovely receivers to throw to. Sure he does. And if he doesn't hold the ball too long, he can be all right, except he holds the ball too long. How much more can Eric Bieniemy scheme this thing for for Sam Howell before he's got to, like, start, you know, actualizing the talent that he may or may not have? They're the third best team in the division. All right. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Moving on. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The Indianapolis Colts. Now, they're interesting, okay? Because they got that quarterback? And they're about to get Jonathan Taylor back. Now, how however long he plays in Indy, that's another question. Um, but they've got a quarterback who can be really fun and make a lot of plays happen. And then other times, oh, yeah, he's still a rookie. Um, but, hey, are you feeling good about Shane Steichen and what he's building there? I could, I could see. The, so far? Yeah, I could see the thought process within what he's doing. Um, so, for the time being, first year, I'm willing to ride out on that. Obviously, we'll get to a point where I'm going to need to start seeing some level of results of that, but mm-hmm. I can see the idea. Uh, the Tennessee Titans at number seven. I don't, again. Done with it. I, I'm over Tennessee. I really am. I don't like them. There's nothing about their aesthetic that I get down with in that way. Do with it. Um, but Jeffrey Simmons is a baller. That's right. <laughs> if nothing else, Derrick Henry, Jeff, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, they can ball. But I, there's nothing about their consistency that I trust at all, despite the fact that they blew the doors off of Cleveland. Uh, shout out to – bruh, why did, ha, why did Kevin Stefanski have Dorian Thompson Robinson throwing the ball 36 times in that game? Because they found out on game day that Deshaun Watson wasn't going to play. He was cleared 
to play. And according to Stefanski, Deshaun Watson just felt like he couldn't go, which, I mean, look, he knows his body, and that was what Stefanski said. It was just like, look, man, if he says that he can't play, he can't play. Um, And I just feel like they got into it, and they're like, well, this is game plan. (laughs) That's what we're going to do. Run it, DTR. Run it. And remember, they did lose uh, running back one as well. Yeah, Nick Chubb, yeah. Yeah, good point. Uh, Finally, at number six, the Green Bay Packers as a pretender. Interesting. Where are you on the Jordan Love, uh, you know, thought process here? I, I'm, I was starting to get to a point where I felt like, look, man, he looks like he can kind of maneuver the offense. Um, now I'm starting to wonder just how solid the offense is in and of itself. Because one thing I know about Aaron Rodgers. You started to go down a road that I want to ask the question of. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, no offense that he plays in is entirely that offensive coordinator's uh-huh. offense. Like he, he has a decent amount of, I am going to institute these things and you can't really stop me from doing them. Yep. And so I, I am wondering, asking questions. Is Matt LaFleur good at this? That's that's the question that I had coming But also, into, I just don't know if Jordan Love is that good either. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. How good Matt LaFleur is as a coordinator and head coach you know, with the offense relative to how Jordan Love performs, that all is going to fall on Matt LaFleur. And at least for me personally, that was one of my big questions coming into the season. Is Matt LaFleur actually good at this? Or was he a product of what Aaron Rodgers was while he was there uh, as quarterback? But it's been mixed results so far for Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Hence, they are 2-2 two and two, uh, on the season. By the way, he's completing just 56% of his passes so far. Oh, that's not what you want. It's Jordan Love. It's not what that's, you want. That's why I ask, is Matt LaFleur, you know, is he actually good at this? Can he scheme it up for Mr. Love and Green Bay? Uh, those are some pretenders or contenders when it comes to the Shine 9. Appreciate uh, Adam's contribution to our program tonight here on the Get Right. Uh, it is the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, we get back into the, uh, the Cowboys conversation. Uh, a little Cowboys overreaction or not, including this statement about this game on Sunday night. We do it next on 105.3 The Fan. So get right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Hello. My man Ross Lebinski holding it down for you here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line. 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation. We're with you until 11 o'clock tonight right here on your home with the Cowboys and Texas Rangers. We'll go inside the gray area uh, coming up here in about so 16 minutes. Uh, but a little Cowboys overreaction or not heading into week number, that's right, five of the National Football Did you League. just look at your hand? I had to remember for a second. I was like, one, two, three. Yep, yep, yep. week five. Okay. Uh, right. Week five. Sometimes the, you just got to count it out. Uh, the it NFL, happens. <laughs> look, man, uh, math is uh, hard sometimes, but it, reading is fundamental. Sometimes you got to do that. <laughs> All the kids' things <laughs> for school. Let's have some fun here. TryRed.com, text line 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation. We're also live on Twitch. At twist.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam and on YouTube as well. Search 105 through the fan on YouTube and hit the subscribe button while you are there. Overreaction or not, mm-hmm. gentlemen, mm-hmm. going into week five. Statement number one. Let's come out hot out the gate. Cowboys 49ers will determine who the best team is 
in the National Football League at the end of Sunday Night Football. See what you're doing there. Let's go. See what you're doing there. Um, overreaction or not, we will know who the best team is in the National Football League determined by the winner of Cowboys 49ers on Sunday night. Uh, I will go not. Oh, that's not an overreaction. I do not feel that's an overreaction. Oh, really? Okay. Um, the Niners feel like they've been the best team in football to this point. And outside of them and maybe what, I guess the Eagles who have just found a way to get what they need to do done. Um, and I let me double check some because um, I don't like talking on my keister and I feel like I've been talking on my keister a little bit. <laughs> um, but no, it, it feels like the next class of, of teams after that are largely kind of flawed, right? Like the Cowboys in that as well. We all saw what happened um, against the Arizona Cardinals. So like, I, I think that Everybody has their their moment where you go, ooh, but you see that right there? That's not what you want. And so, obviously, if the Niners win, you continue on that path where you go, you yeah, know, they, they've handled all challengers, right? They've done it in a way that looks pretty good. However, if the Cowboys win this game, we've, we've had this team talking about this game leading up for a while. We've had this game, or, you know, this game kind of magnified because of the history also, I feel like in order to win this game against the 49ers, you have to demonstrate a certain level of aptitude at the things that we had questions about. You're going to need to be able to stop the run decently. You're going to need to be able to you know, punch in touchdowns. I think in order to win this game, you're going to have to prove that those things are not complete issues for you. And by doing that, I think you look up and you go, oh, no, these are all the things that we needed to see to put them in that class of this is one of, if not the best team in football, and so I would feel comfortable going back to a stance of this is probably the best team of football if they can beat the 49ers. I'm going to say that is not an overreaction. I think you can make a very good argument that the best team in the National Football League, the winner of that game on Sunday night, couldn't make that claim. Because all the talk going into this week is this is a measuring stick. In fact, Jerry talked about it today uh, on Sean and RJ. I'll have that piece of audio here for you in just a moment where he talked about the idea of this being a measuring stick game for his football team and what that means for them on Sunday night. Like I said, I'll get that to you here uh, in just a moment. Actually, here it is. Cut number 11 for me. Jerry today on Sean and RJ. Will the outcome of the San Francisco 49er game determine where you see where your team is at this season? No, I don't, I don't at all look at it as uh, that. Uh, I look at it as uh, uh, we know they're uh, one of, if not, uh, the teams that are playing the best right now, and they, they're solid in their personnel, so uh, they're one of the best teams. And um, uh, a win against them would be uh, inspiring, and it would be substitute. Uh, and uh, so it's, it's, it's what it is. Uh, we are going to have to go by them beginning Monday uh, and uh, Sunday, I think. But uh, we're going to have to go by them Sunday. And if we have aspirations, uh, I think we'll have to go by them again uh, later in the year. Okay. That's the owner, president, and general manager of the Cowboys today on Sean and RJ. If you want to hear that interview, you can go to 105.com, listen to it in its entirety. But – that's why I, I don't think it's an overreaction that you could say that the best team in the NFL 
uh, could be the winner of that game on Sunday night from the 214. Week five alone makes it an overreaction. I mean, someone has to be the best at any given time. That's right. And, and these things change, but I mean, I hear what you're saying. Like, it's, it, it, what does that actually mean for the larger case of things? Yeah, it's probably not all that significant because you still need to play out the rest of the games and go. Ultimately, you're not dealing with like a BCS type thing in college football where there's a, the rankings matter. Like, you will play this out in games. Wins and losses will determine if you are a champion. But when it comes down to like this level of who do we believe is the best? That's something that we'd figure out. Now, I know someone was like, the best team in the league wouldn't have gotten beaten by Arizona. There's a lot of, like like I was mentioning, you have two teams that are undefeated in the league right now. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of teams that have, have performances, particularly losses, that you look at and you go, ooh, not quite what you want. Now, of course, Arizona embarrassed you. I'm not going to hide behind that. But I think that some of the issues that you saw from this team that allowed Arizona to embarrass you, in order for you to beat the Niners, you will have to have shown that those have been addressed in some way, which would make me feel comfortable bringing them back to the place of, are they the best team in the league and answering yes. Overreaction or not, Reggie, we will not see the original five of the starting lineup on the offensive line at any point this season. That being Tyron, Tyler, Tyler, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele. Overreaction or not, we will not see the starting five of this Cowboys offensive line together at any point this season. I think that's an overreaction because you do still have, again, 13 more games. The problem is one of these dudes is wild um, injury prone. And the ways that we have talked about this, we look up and we go, ooh, are you sure you should be depending on Hmm. Tyron Smith? The problem is that when we go to the people in charge – They have said, you're damn right. In fact, Jerry Jones earlier today Today. (laughs) was asked that question by Bobby Bell. Like, is that something where you think the, you know, is it smart to continue to reply, rely on him? And Jerry Jones pretty defiantly answered like, no, this is, yes, that that is a, that is a um, level of trade-off that they are willing to make in essence. So yeah, no, I think that that's, that's something where once he is ready to play, he will play. And I think that the rest of the guys will be there for the most part. Um, But of course it's football. These things could change, but I think you give me 13 games to maybe get them all together. One of those, I take those chances. So I do feel like that's an overreaction. I want it to be an overreaction, but at this moment for me, evidence suggests that that's not an overreaction because it's, it's looking and trending toward Tyron, not going to be playing again this weekend already, even early on in the week. It feels like, He's not going to play this upcoming weekend against San Francisco. Now, if you tell me that the starting five will play a majority of the remaining games, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm willing to uh, reevaluate my stance. But, no, I, I think that they'll get one in. You think they'll get one in? Which feels like such a low bar, dog. C- complete low bar, doesn't it? <laughs> a, a complete low bar. Here's the thing, because we talked about at the beginning of the season – when the Cowboys decided to keep Tyron Smith around, they told us who they felt like who their best five was, even with the concerns of Tyron's health going into this upcoming year, as they are, have been for multiple years at this point. That they feel like the two Smith boys, Tyler Biotis, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele are their best five, and that's who we're going to roll with. And we looked around and said, okay, just give us some time before we don't see that offensive line configuration, and we haven't seen it Yet. So you've seen the likes of Brock Hoffman have to get in there. You've seen Chumi Doga. That's right. Um, playing left tackle. 
three-fifths of the offensive line, starting offensive line, did not play in that Arizona game. Have you found it interesting that they haven't really turned awesome a lot in these moments, which I would have assumed that he might have gotten some play? Uh, no, you're right. I have not. Uh, but I guess awesome is uh, they consider him a guard. And so when you have Tyler and you have Zach, they're like, there's nowhere for him to play. Yeah, not at this point. Okay. Especially if they're going to leave Tyler Smith there at left guard versus Kevin kick out to right tackle. And even then, he Doga Boy, Ch- was slow. Chuma has some. Woo! Chuma has some. He has some work. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, it is what it is at this point. Uh, final overreaction or not for the Cowboys heading into week number five. Here's one that's going to just make y'all just go wild, but that's what I want. Oh, God. Brandon Aubrey's the best kicker in the NFL right now. You know, I Over, mean. Overreaction or not, Brandon Aubrey, best kicker in the league right now. I mean, Justin Tucker did miss a kick this year. <laughs> I think it was like a 63-yarder, but he has missed one. No, no, that's an overreaction. I'm sorry. Until until Justin, Cook, uh, Justin Tucker stopped kicking in this league, I'm just going to default over there. <laughs> I'm so mad that we didn't get the chance to see the 66-yard attempt uh, on Sunday. Uh, the Cowboys got a penalty that, you know, put him out of the range of even trying a 71-yarder. Uh, but the reason why I bring that particular point up is Brandon Aubrey has, you know, at least for the moment, Relieved a lot of concerns for us when it came to the kicker for this team and how they would perform this year. He hasn't been an issue at all nope. for the Dallas Cowboys. No, no, he's been, he's been very good. And one thing that I always feel com- comfortable with is the idea that it seems like the Cowboys have prioritized in their kickers. You got to be able to hit long ones. To the, sometimes to the detriment of accuracy, but it hasn't hurt them a ton over the last couple of seasons. Um, don't do that because I know what you're thinking about, and that wasn't that wasn't an overall thing. You know, that was a, that was a once in a lifetime type situation. <laughs> um, but no, Aubrey seems to be consistent when it comes to the accuracy. In addition to having a leg that's uh, that's long enough that they feel comfortable letting him try 66. Um, so no, I think that's the best thing about it. If you have a team and a play caller and decision makers that feel comfortable putting him on the on the field at any given time. That's part. That's that's what you want your kicker to do. Yeah, because that then opens up the field and makes it so that the defenses have to play you in such a way where they're like, we can't let him get within fifty-eight yards because we think we know they feel comfortable going for three, right? And that changes the way that the game is played. And I think that might be one of the biggest effects of having a kicker that is is consistent. Shout out to Brandon Aubrey for the start to his season has been fantastic for the Cowboys uh, because we thought there was going to be real problems with that position, but so far so good. Uh, for the Cowboys kicker. That's a little Cowboys overreaction or not heading into the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, uh, come hang out with Regime at uh, Old 75 Beer Garden. Off of 75 in Richardson, where we will be watching Sunday Night Football in this game. Um, so if you want to, if you want to, you know, grimace and, you know, be anxious with friends. Yes. And a lot of beer. Old 75 Beer Garden with your boys. The Get Right. That's right. On Sunday nights, on Sunday night football. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we're going to go inside the gray area where, of course, there is no gray area. um, Where this particular conspiracy theory around Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey is going wild. Next on the Get Right. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. About to go inside the gray area where, of course, there is no gray area here on the Get Right. We're Reggie KG here on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yep. Ross Levinsky holding it down for you here on your Turn It On, Leave It On station. Your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers. 105 through the fan at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg Atatula. If you want to get at us on Twitter, live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam and on YouTube as well. Hit the subscribe button while you're there at 105 through the fan on YouTube. What the Twolo's been doing in there tonight? They've been cutting up in there. Uh not too much. Not too much. Everybody's everybody's uh comfortable, although there's a point in time where you was doing a little bit of math. Um, and they said KG's on that new math. Is that what they teach in Missouri? <laughs> That's what they teach in Texas, apparently. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I got a daughter who's in in first grade, and you know math is starting in first to first grade. I, I know, right? Oh man, yeah. Um, and I have a couple of nieces who. Oh, well, you're at that place where now you got to do the homework with her. Woo! Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yep. You you learning math all over again? Hell, <laughs> living that way right now. Uh, let's go inside the gray area. Here okay. On the get right, uh, where we start with uh, Taylor Swift. And uh, Travis Kelsey, because, you know, why not? Uh, this comp- conspiracy theory apparently suggests, though, that Taylor Swift's attendance at the Jets game had nothing to do with her supposed man. What? Right. Now, did you see who was in her her uh, box there? I Was it Mama Kelsey again? I've, I've got to be completely honest. I didn't watch that game. I was on the road. During the course of it, so I didn't see the broadcast. Uh, well, among some that were in the box, um, Blake Lively. You, you didn't know, mention that. That's right. You know, hello, Jared Sandler. Um, some feel like she may be doing a movie or something. I don't know because it was a little random that Blake Lively would be in her. You know. All right. When you say she's doing a movie, like she's doing a movie, and this is some level of promotion or whatever, or she's just, or like. You think that this is the movie? That there's some level like reality? Some no, video? that she's like in a movie. Oh, okay. Well, she just can't be friends with. I'm not saying okay. she couldn't, but it is kind of interesting. Uh, but here's how the story goes. Uh, in related news to it, so this comes from uh, from Bro Bible. At this point, you know, I feel like anyone doesn't know if Taylor's just watching cheesy. Blah blah blah. Anyway. Uh, the revelation got plenty of coverage online, though, um, when it came to her attending the football game, basically. So, yeah, maybe there's something going on with her public image obviously being connected with Kelsey or so maybe it doing to do with a movie, possibly with uh, maybe Blake Lively. Who knows? 
I look, I don't know. Maybe Sophie Turner cuz wasn't didn't she go to like dinner with Sophie Turner a few weeks back, something like that? Oh, really? Yeah. Relatively after, relatively uh soon after she had filed her divorce papers from the Joe Jonas boy. Hmm. So uh, I don't know, maybe maybe there is a movie involved. I don't I don't see exactly what like the relatively hard evidence is in that other than she was she was hanging out with some movie people. Yeah. Which like, hey, if you if you got enough money, sometimes you just end up crossing paths with folks that also do movies. Uh, Hulu nine seven two says she does live in New York, so supposedly she just invited some friends. Maybe, yeah, yeah, very very easy that that could have been the case. All this to say is the NFL is loving the idea of capitalizing on this whole thing. Yeah, man, the the, the Travis Kelsey jersey sales have gone up to a crazy amount. What like four hundred percent? Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, speaking of crazy in the world of sports, did you see this? Uh, we're going to talk some college football at, uh, at 10 20. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but did you see this though? With respect to, uh, college football coaching news. Okay. So a gentleman by the name of Bernie Frado, who was a national host for Fox sports radio. Okay. Uh, apparently used to do some work as a pre and post game host. Uh, for the Detroit Lions on CBS radio way back when, whatever. Now, mind you, this gentleman has um, a little less than 6,200 followers on Twitter. Okay, so he moving kind of like me at this point. Well, he put out a bombshell report today. Bombshell? Per Benny, Bernie Frado, according to some reports, Michigan State will interview Urban Meyer. For their head coaching job, where he says, quote, Michigan State has a lot of donors to back this type of deal up. So we'll see where it goes, end quote. This if this ain't the dumbest thing (laughs) I've ever heard. And like I if there's any shred of truth to this, I don't I don't believe that there is. (laughs) However, college football can get a little funny sometimes. But like. The idea that there might be some boosters that want this. I could see college football boosters, not really the most rational bunch. Um, the idea that the administration would go anywhere near that man, considering like the image issue that Michigan State University is having to deal with when it comes to their athletics. Right. I could say two names real quick that'll make you wince when it comes to Michigan State. Mel Tucker, if you know what he's, what, what's been happening, and Larry Nasser, and those things you make you go, ooh, ugh. And then you're like, you know what we want to throw on that fire? Urban, Urban Meyer. Meyer. Are you insane? <laughs> They're not. And all, on top of that, right? Urban Meyer has absolutely built two fantastic programs. When you talk about Florida, when you talk about Ohio State. One, are you certain he can still do that at the age that he's at? Okay. Two, you know how that ends? Like, does that always operate the way that you yeah. want it to like i just think all these things come together in such a way where you're like yeah I, I, don't, I don't know about that chief he leaves a path of destruction after he leaves a program like programs i mean i guess the transition from him to ryan day wasn't as bad right um but obviously we know the <laughs> the rubble that he left florida in when he left but the the great thing about it is you don't even have to think about that because you shouldn't get that far <laughs> you should not get that far into thinking about it because you should start with the fact that we do not want the stink 
of Urban Meyer on this program that is currently trying to rehab itself after you just got the after the coach just got fired for touching himself on the phone with a sexual uh, with a domestic um, or what was it a sexual violence survivor right like you don't you don't you don't want you don't want that that's not that's not what you what you want so yeah no no don't do that don't do that um, just go ahead and hire Lance Leipold away from Kansas and everybody can be happy okay. Could you imagine, though, Urban Meyer and his Michigan State Spartans against Michigan and Jim Harbaugh's Michigan Wolverines and what that would do for that rivalry there? Oh, boy. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh, like, I couldn't beat this cat when he was at Ohio State. Now y'all want me to beat him with Michigan State? Okay. Yeah, that's nasty You can beat work. him in the press conference, though, 100% of the time. Most of the time. Hundred percent of the time. Every <laughs> single time. Jim Harbaugh can get a little, you know. And and yet uh, and still. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh yeah, if in Michigan State, I nowhere near. Do not. Do not. Just just do not. I was surprised when Fox hired him back after, you know, all that went down. I'm like, y'all really just don't just leave him alone, man. We we don't have to see him on television. Fox Corporation love hiring folks. There is that. Uh shout out to the Minnesota Twins. The last time the Minnesota Twins won a playoff game, which they did today, breaking 18-game postseason uh, losing streak. Check this out. Aaron Rodgers was in college. At Cal? That's right. Anthony Edwards was uh, four years old. Tom Brady had won ring number two. Oh, <gasps> old self. Damn, <laughs> old self. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Tom Brady had only won two rings at that point. That's right. LeBron James and uh, Carmelo Anthony were entering year two of their careers. Messi was set to make his Barca debut. Okay. And the iPod Mini was released. That's the one. There, That's the winner. <laughs> we found the winner on Do You Feel Old Yet? <laughs> that was the last time the Minnesota Twins won a playoff game. And they got that, they got that off their back. Did Byron Buxton actually play in this game? Because this was the game that I wasn't able to watch, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I don't know. but Because uh, that's that's what they're going to need. They're going to need Buxton. They're going to need Correa. They're going to need both of those guys to be healthy and capable of playing. And maybe they could do a little something, make a little noise in these this year postseason. Um, that's a long time. Because uh, LeBron James is entering oh, into yeah. year 21 of his career. I forgot year. Royce Lewis was going crazy in this game. Two home runs. Three RBI and a walk. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, congratulations to the Twins. How about that? They won a playoff game. No Byron Buxton in this one. Well, didn't need it. Whew. Uh, real quick, again, we'll talk some college football at uh, 1020. But I wanted to get this list out because mm-hmm. there's so much to talk about in college football. Uh, the highest paid public school coach salaries and 2023 has been uh, released. I, I was looking at this, yeah. Um, care to take a guess who's number one? I mean, why? I saw the list. So, oh, Ross, oh. would you like to take a Let's guess? Let's take a guess who one of the highest paid public school coaches in 2023 is. I also saw the list, oh, but okay. I don't remember exactly. I'm just going to guess Nick Saban. That at number is one. correct. That would be correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nick Saban, $11.4 million. Uh, Dabo Sweeney comes in at number two, 
million dollars per season. Kirby Smart comes in at number three at 10.7. Ryan Day comes in at 10.2 million dollars. He's number four. Are you noticing a theme here? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Guess who was at number five? And I use the word was. At number five. Yeah, it was it was Mel Tucker. Mel yeah. Tucker. No, th- this was the reason why it was so <laughs> insane that he that he committed this unforced error. Bruh. Mel Tucker, fr- previously the head coach at Colorado, Colorado. <laughs> who was then was was he hired there from Colorado? He was hired yeah. from Colorado to take over from Mark D'Antonio as he left. You know, and yeah, that's right. He portaled his way into, and when I say portaled his way into, we've been talking about Dion having like. How many transfers, like mm-hmm. 50 some transfers or something like that? It felt he had 15 transfers that year. We would talk about him as like the portal god, right? 15 transfers. And really, the big transfer that mattered was Kenneth Walker III coming from Wake Forest to there. They won, what was it, like 10, 11 games? Mm-hmm. And then he immediately got $100 million contract. And like, look, man, they won that, they won that 11 games fair or square. Um, it didn't really like keep going in such a way. And so one would think, I'm not going to say that like he scammed them because, you know, they decided to give him the contract. But like, look, man, you kind of got over a little bit. How about you protect your investment? Huh? How about that? <laughs> How about don't try and commit sexual acts with vendors of the universe? I cannot I just don't. explain just how stupid. It- that was it's a level of hubris it's a level of arrogance that i i just i i can't even articulate because to fumble that kind of a bag knowing in the first place what were the odds that mel tucker would find that kind of loot from a school to the tune of being the fifth highest paid football coach in college football and then fumble it all the way away in the manner that he did. Just completely wild. Uh, number six, Brian Kelly at 9.9. He's, he's pushing it. Jimbo Fisher continues his highway robbery of Texas A&M. Also pushing it. At $9.1 million. Uh, Mark Stoops at Kentucky. Yeah, that was one that I was a little bit surprised about. But, man, Kentucky. Mark Stoops has been good at Kentucky. And so, like, I'm pretty sure that that's, that's been, like, the, the, the money gets upped when they see you doing great things. Shout I didn't out realize to he was making $9 million, though, at Kentucky. Hey, man, though, that, that, is, that is a hard-nosed team that has been pretty good. Like, they've, they've been solid at football over the last three, four seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, that's been a solid program. Uh, Josh Heupel at $9 million In Tennessee. And Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss uh, round out the top ten, each making $9 million piece yeah man that's why i'm not gonna complain Hold up. that's why i'm not gonna cry for none of these coaches that are like oh man the portal hey man figure it out billy napier stealing seven million dollars from florida he's a program builder Woo! he don't need to show something a little soon but uh he's a program builder oh man wow uh and dan lanning he makes he makes less than billy napier hmm. interesting Oh, I don't know. We was shelling out $6 million for Eli Drinkwitz at my program. Yeah, I was waiting for you to get there. What? Yep, 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 yep. Shout out to that SEC. Finally got money. good, though, so. Hey. We'll take it. That's inside the gray area here on the Get Right with Reggie KG here on 105 through the fan. Just just sign me up for Jimbo's agent. I want to meet him or her, whoever that is. See, just yesterday you was talking about you wanted Daniel Jones' agent. 
Yeah, that whoever that is too for Conan, the Jets or the Giants have that forty million dollars. Just like Jimbo's Conan, you know, Texas A and M. Yeah, six oh one. I will also take Mel's job for half of that. I'll do I I take it for a tenth of that. That's right. Jeez. Um, and I'm really interested in nine oh three said, not never thought I'd ask this, but can we please keep talking about Taylor Swift? I've been listening to the fans since before my daughter was born in twenty ten, and this is the first time ever she's listened to what's been said. Well, um, nine oh three, shout out to your daughter. And please let me know. Elite text. What are her thoughts? I'm intri- I'm interested because that, that is a perspective that I cannot bring you, which is a um, a girl that is interested in Taylor Swift. I'm interested in what her perspective is on all of this because. That we, text right there is why the NFL is like, yeah, we're all in on Taylor Swift right there. Oh, I hadn't considered that. Like the idea that let's see if we can get some of these uh, younger um, audiences in. Because we're doing the Toy Story, which honestly is still kind of appealing to the adults. But you know what? Like another way to maybe get some of the kids. But hey, how about the, how about the Taylor Swift? Yeah. I love this. How about it? We got your headlines coming up next on the Get Right on 105 Through the Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.